Welcome back. Bob Black back with you. Sports Huddle on a Friday afternoon right at the bottom of the 5 o'clock hour. Thank you for joining us and locking in on 106.1 ESPN. Let's talk a little more baseball, this time college baseball, as we introduce you for the first time to the new baseball coach at the University of Richmond. Mick Aoki joins us this afternoon. He joins the Spiders from Moorhead State. And as I've mentioned during the course of the show this afternoon, very experienced prior to that at Notre Dame and Boston College and Columbia in the Ivy League and now taking over the reins of the Richmond Spiders. Mick, thanks for joining us this afternoon. I know it's been a whirlwind week, so really appreciate the time. Yeah, thrilled to be there, and uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. So the verbal resume that I just gave our audience, I think, would lead them to understand why Richmond would be interested in you as their next head coach. Let me reverse that. Why were you interested and are interested and now being the Richmond Spiders baseball coach? What what came to your attention that made this an attractive job for you? I, I think there were a lot of things. I think first and foremost, I believe really strongly that academics and athletics can be an equal partnership. Obviously, you know, when push really comes to shove, you, the, the academic piece is, is a little bit more important. But I think that they can be an equal partner and, and one can enhance the other. Right? Um, I, I think athletics can, can advance the mission of the, the academic mission of the university. And I think the academic piece can, can help guys to become better people and better athletes. And, and so that part of it, Richmond does at an extremely high level. And that, that was really kind of, you know, sort of right in my wheelhouse. Uh, I, I think that college is such a transformational time for young people. And, and I love the idea of being able to do that at a really high level at a place like Richmond. And then the last thing is I, I just feel like it's a, a baseball job. If you just get down to the athletic component of it, that has, that is, you know, there's so much possibility there. And if you, make the comparison to a to a house or something along those lines you know you sort of see this see this house that may be a little bit of a fixer-upper but it's got great bones and I, I just feel like the Richmond baseball program has great bones well you were doing that at uh, at Moorhead State um, you know 36 and 20 last year and you know won a regular season championship for the first time in, in more than 40 years are there some similarities there you know the Richmond program has been okay it's been 500 it's been in the 810 tournament got to the finals two years ago but hasn't been able to get over that hump to the NCAA tournament are, are there some similarities that you'll that your experience will bring with you to Richmond in hopes of getting them there well, I mean, that's absolutely the goal is to get them there for sure. And and hopefully beyond just a regional and, and maybe get into a super regional and everything else. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, there's some similarities there. I think there's you have to do a good job of, of identifying and evaluating kids and then coming in and creating an environment within which they, they want to work to be the very best that they can be. And, and just helping those guys to develop into being great teammates and great players and I think you do that primarily by by recruiting at the high school level but I do think that in this day and age of the portal and the type of academic experience that that Richmond can provide for a, a grad transfer or even just a you know undergraduate transfer I think that you can kind of bridge the gap with gaps that you have on your team as kids graduate or run out of eligibility or get drafted or whatever happens to be and you can, you kind of, I think, want to try to be a little bit on the older side each year and, and 
just have guys in the pipeline that are ready to step in as, as guys age out. Mick, have you had much of a chance, and I know it's been pretty quick, to start to dive into the roster that you have for the Spiders, who is coming back. The transfer portal obviously plays a big role in that. And start to kind of figure out the talent that you have that you'll begin to work with. I I haven't done a ton, right, outside of looking at it. And, and offensively, it, it looks like it, it was certainly a very, very you know, high-level club. The, the pitching and defense look like it needs a little bit of, of bolstering. And, and some of that just might be a case of, of guys getting a little bit older and, and, and understanding how to pitch to contact and, and you know, try, try to pitch in a way that they're not trying to avoid a bat. You know, it could be just as simple as trying to pound the strike zone and, and create count leverage for themselves. Um, but it's – I haven't done a ton of it. I've uh, spent most of today trying to just connect and, and touch base with um, my, my more Moorhead State players, and I will spend – the vast majority of the day, if not all of the day, trying to connect with the with my new players there at Richmond and getting an opportunity to learn about them and, and, and get to know them a little bit and what their backgrounds are like and, and get a sense from them as to what are the things that we need to, you know, what's the low-hanging fruit that we can get better at right away. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow and, and getting an opportunity to connect with uh, the guys on the team. Uh, can you give us a sense kind of of your your coaching style? I know you have a background in pitching, having been uh, a pitching coach as well. Do you kind of lean on that side a little bit? Kind of what the what the style will be for you as you come in to coach these guys? Uh, I, ideally, right offensively, I, I want to be able to put a team out there that is that has a, a great deal of adjustability that that they can put pressure on the pitching and the defense in multiple ways, right? Whether that's guys stealing bases or, or, or being great going first to third or balls in the dirt or whatever it happens to be. Uh, you, you certainly want, especially at that park, you want some guys that can, you know, that that can score themselves, right? And then hit some home runs and drive some balls into the gap. Um, but, I, but I also think that you, you need some guys that are able to, you know, that are high on base percentage type of guys. I just, at the end of the day, I think that, Run production is a function of of creating traffic on the bases and, and giving yourself as many opportunities as you can. Defensively, I'm, I, I want to see a pitching staff that just is constantly looking to try to execute their pitch and being able to go and challenge. I, I think that it's you know we, we want to try to develop guys that can either sink it or they've got something that allows them to maybe create some swings and misses and strike some guys out. Um, and then defensively just be really sound, just be able to execute the simple play, the fundamental play, be able to communicate with each other at a high level, to be able to be prepared for the type of pressure that they get put on them by the, by the opposing team. Hey, Mick, uh, we talked about your experience, and, and obviously very impressive. What kind of experiences did you take away from those higher level experiences that you're using now, your time at Boston College, your time at Notre Dame, Big East baseball transitioning into ACC baseball, which we know is you know one of the top leagues in the country, right through last night with Wake Forest, you know playing in the college college World Series. What what did those experiences kind of do for you? Um, well, I mean, I, it was 
terrific opportunity to see baseball at the, the highest level, at the intercollegiate level. But I also think that it, it goes to show you that the, the separation is is not this chasm, right? It's it, it's it's a matter of being able to execute. It's a matter of being able to just you know for that particular day be the better team on the field, right? I, I, I like to talk to our guys about. You know, it's not the best team that always wins. It's the team that plays the best. And so more often than not, we, you know, we want to be able to be the one that plays the best more more than we don't. And uh, I just think that it's it's not a lot. It, there's not a ton of separation between you know a, a, a Wake Forest and you know someone in a in a mid major conference. It's just it's a matter of getting these guys the experience that they need and getting them the confidence that they need to go out there and and compete at their very highest level. Mick Aoki is the new head baseball coach at the University of Richmond. He's chatting with us on the Sports Huddle this afternoon. You were um, part of history in a college baseball game. I know it didn't didn't end the way you wanted it to, but when you were at Boston College, for our audience to know, you were involved in a 25-inning game with Texas in the NCAA tournament uh, back in 2009. Um, as that game unfolded, uh, what were you kind of thinking and how were you kind of managing a game? You didn't know how long that thing was going to go. Um, but that's that's quite a marathon there, Mick. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was. <laughs> yeah, that was an unbelievable experience. Um, I. I don't. I don't think that I, I really knew what was going on in terms of the length of the game, and like really, really dial in on it until I think it was the sixteenth or seventeenth <laughs> inning, or, or, or some craziness, and. I overheard the announcer say that hey, this just tied the record for the longest game in, in NCAA postseason history or something. And I remember being like, wow, that's that's kind of cool. Um, but the game went so quickly. The pitchers that were involved in it on, on the BC side with Pat Dean and Mike Belfiore and Chris Kowalski and some of these other guys, they, they were just kind of mowing through it. And on the Texas side, you know, I mean, Austin Wood like rolled out almost a like a no hitter against us for like seven innings or eight innings or some crazy thing like that. So the game was just moving so quickly and that you didn't even know. And then all of a sudden he said something in the 22nd inning or something, Hey, that breaks the record. And I was like, wow, how about that? And then, um, you know, then the other part was we had, I think that game started at, I think it came, I think it started at like six o'clock or something. And I remember thinking, we're out of food, right? And uh, one of our administrators, uh, Matt Conway, who I'm, I'm still good friends with to this day, Matt was, I was like, Matt, we need to go get some food. And, and the only thing that he could find that was open, because at this point I think it was close to midnight, he came back into the dugout with bags and bags of cheeseburgers and French fries, you know. And um, it was just, yeah, it was it was a surreal experience. And yeah, we did come out on the on the bad end of it, but it was. Um, it was something, you know, taking on the, the, the number one overall seed in the tournament and going 25 innings with them. And the tough part was we had to bounce back at 12 o'clock the next day. And I don't think our guys got into bed till about 3.30 or 4 o'clock that night. So it was uh, it, it was difficult, but uh, certainly uh, looking back at it now is a great experience. And uh, we, uh, we, we ended up, I think, winning the fans over down there in Texas at the you know, they were cheering for us against Army, who we lost the next day against. But they were, they were, uh, yeah, it, it was a, it was a great experience. 
Amazing. 25 innings, seven hours and three minutes to play that game. Yep. The Texas won three to two, and you have detailed it eloquently. I appreciate you doing that, even though, as you said, you were on the wrong end of the, the final score eventually in, in 25 innings. A couple more for you, uh, Mick, and we'll look forward to getting with you in person, obviously, when you get here. Um, outside look at what you think of the Atlantic 10 and how that will impact your scheduling. Obviously, the conference schedule will be put in front of you, but how you will then go about putting together a non-conference schedule to, to try and make your guys eventually successful in the Atlantic 10. Um, I mean, I think the A-10 is, is one. It's it, I think there's a lot of similarities to the Ohio Valley Conference, right? I, I think that even – I mean, the types of schools are, are very different. You've got a Davidson and a Richmond, and you've got a land-grant institution like URI and, you know, the – the Crosstown Public School and VCU, and, and you go all the way up to St. Louis and way up north to St. Bonnie's and different things. So I think that there are a lot of different types of schools, but I think that we are all at, you know, a somewhat similar level in terms of the resources available to us. So, again, I think it comes down to a lot to the way in which you – recruit and evaluate and develop and the environment that you create in terms of scheduling. I, I think that you find a mix, you find a mix of some, some schools that you think that, you know, that, that you're going to be extremely competitive against. And then, you know, you take a couple of stretches here and there as the pro as the kids in the program get a little bit older and, you know, maybe you do take a, take a trip down to Carolina and, and, you know, get the guys an opportunity to see what that sort of looks like and how to, you know, figure out how to close the gap between the, that level and, and where Richmond is. And um, and then, you know, I think midweek, obviously, we've got a lot of in-state folks that you can go and play from William & Mary out to Virginia and out to Virginia Tech and so many schools in between that um, I, I think that it'll be, you know, you want to try to, uh, we're certainly going to, try to play somewhere in the neighborhood of about 30 home games a year and um, and then we'll just see how it rolls out. But I think that you just have to be aware of bringing, you know, creating a schedule that also maybe gives you an opportunity to create some, to create a pretty good and strong RPI as well. And then, as you said, the ultimate goal of, of getting back to the NCAA tournament, back you know where Richmond has been in the past. Uh, I know you're very experienced. You know college baseball. Um, how much of that history were, were you kind of aware of, of you know the Ronnie Atkins era and obviously a Sean Casey or a Tim Stauffer, uh, those kind of guys as you, as you poured over information about the Richmond Spiders? I, I was pretty familiar with them when I was – beginning my coaching career, you know, it was, I was at Dartmouth college and, and we did a lot of recruiting down in the, into the mid Atlantic and coach Atkins would be on the road. And, you know, he was there with JJ Piccolo or coach Brown over at Mason or this and that. They all seemed like they shared the same car together and would show up at the events all together. But uh, certainly very aware. I mean, I, I had, you know, either the fortune or the misfortune when I was in school at Davidson of, of uh, having Brian Jordan roll into Davidson, North Carolina. And I don't know, probably, I don't remember what the scores were, but he probably hit about 75 home runs in a two-game series or something like that. And um, so, and then Sean Casey, I listened to his podcast with, uh, you know, the, the mayor's office that he calls it and love listening to that. I think the guy is 
really entertaining. I think he's done a great job of interviewing people, and those those interviews are really interesting to me. And he's always given, you know, he's always doing a Coach Atkins imitation, or he's always giving the Spiders a little bit of a little bit of a plug. So I'm pretty familiar with sort of that heyday from the mid '90s into the early 2000s, and um, you know, it was it, it was it was a it was a pretty good period of time for the Spiders. And I'll tell you, Mick, having seen relatively recently both Brian Jordan and Sean Casey, I think they could probably still hit some some balls for you if you could get them that extra year of eligibility with the transfer yeah. portal. Who knows what you might be able to pull off? I, I don't yeah, know, Mick. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I, mean they, I, I think Sean for sure left as a junior, so maybe there's some way to get yeah. that thing back. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You see Case now, he looks like he's in better shape than he was when he was in the big leagues. So, um, and, and I'm sure Brian, I think he's just, you know, that guy was, what an athlete that guy was. Mm-hmm. Well, Mick, we know you're, you're going to find your own star players to put them in Richmond's fighter uniforms. We're excited to get you here in Richmond. I know you and your family are really going to enjoy it, and we look forward to seeing you on campus and in person. And, again, congrats on joining the Spider family. Thank you. Thrilled to be there, and I, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. Mick Aoki, the new head baseball coach at the University of Richmond, with us on the Sports Huddle. We will follow them along as he gets entrenched in the Robin Center and out at Pitt Field. Uh, we need to get a break in here, and then we'll wrap it up for Friday afternoon. Sports Huddle, 1061 ESPN.